I know the comment that people make that, you know, so many people are leaving California. Everybody's leaving California. Well, apparently not everybody. <laughs> I live in a city of 300,000 people plus. And it's just getting more and more crowded every day. Um, so I like to just encourage us. There are people who are coming to California. That's a loaded statement. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that um, as the Church uh, of Jesus Christ, um, wherever we are, that's where God has called us to be. And God wants to do something where we are. And, uh, I, I'm going to zero in on one topic today because I'm just here for uh, one service, and sometimes that works out really well. Most of the time, it's pretty frustrating. Uh, I pastored for a lot of years, and I worked through seven-week series and had lots of time. Now I am in, as we used to say, I blow in, I blow up, and then I blow out. <laughs> and uh, I. This is a theme for, for our day uh, that I want to look at today out of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it is obvious uh, when you think of the headlines, if you will, um, it's obvious that there are frustrating, sometimes frightening, sometimes annoying things that are out there. Um, but the headlines do not tell the whole story. Um, Obviously, I'm going to compare and contrast and look at the conflict between the sinful nature and what it means to live in the spirit. Um, it appears at times that uh, the sinful nature of the world dominates life. It certainly dominates conversations. Uh, depending on who you are, how you're made up, who your friends are, if your conversation starts out positive, and optimistic, eventually, I'll use this word, it deteriorates to what's wrong and what we don't like. Um, if your perspective on life, on life tends to be much more the, uh, we're going to do something about this, God is present, He's ever present, um, there's still that tendency, once we get done talking about all the great things, that then the only thing left is the stuff that's right in front of us and we deteriorate to what's wrong. We know that this is a sinful, fallen world. But we also know according to the word that there is a promise. Not just that someday Jesus will come back and it will all be better, but there is a promise that the Spirit of Christ is, am I not working? Okay. It's not at all. How about that? The acoustics in here are great. I felt like I just made Try that. I'll just do this. And the cool thing about having a microphone is I can include my Vegas act today. So this is going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to be calling your friends. It's going to be amazing. So the domination of the sinful nature. It exhausts us, um, it infects us, but what we hear from the Word today is there is a domination accessible to us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, using today's world, 
Some of you may have this in your home, uh, a TV that allows you to view things on demand. That's kind of a new era in the last 10 years. It used to be you watch what you get, and now you can pick up your little remote control and you can say, Cubs game in 1953. So a few months ago, I guess Christmas, uh, our younger son bought us a TV. And it's not like we needed another TV. We had a 40-something inch TV. I could live with that the rest of my life. And in he walks with this box of a 65-inch TV. Okay? So when you look at a person on the screen, they're actually life-size. Okay? One inch equals one inch on a 65-inch TV. I had no idea what he had just done to us. And one night he came over and he said, so have you, have you played around with the TV? And I said, I don't need to. All I need is Discovery Channel, a History Channel, and ESPN, and I'm a happy guy. And he goes, pick up your remote, and I want you to say this. Go in the remote, say 4K. HD. Okay, so I picked up the remote, 4K HD, and I was introduced to a whole world that I didn't know existed. Whatever. Not just what I'm paying for, not just what's being broadcast, but what's accessible. And one night, Debbie and I sat down, and we pulled up Paris, France. Never, never been there. Well, we were, we were in Paris at the airport. I don't know if that qualifies. The airport in Paris is like, I don't know, it's like an hour from Paris. I said to Debbie, you're in Paris, so stop complaining. We've been to Paris. Let's get a croissant in the airport lounge and move on. So we put into this microphone, uh, visit Paris, and we found a person who put a GoPro camera on their head or their chest or something, and they walked the streets of Paris for an hour. And it was absolutely fascinating. They didn't say a word. It was some guy, and he's just walking in and out of stores, in and out of restaurants, talking to people. And it was the greatest TV viewing I could remember. Absolutely fascinating. When we think about a world that seems to be dictated to us that sinfulness, evil, crime, dominates everything, we're going to read in the Word today that the Spirit of God is literally available to us, this, this will sound really cheesy and may minimize it, on demand. Yes. So, in the Scripture, according to the Word, we're going to see something here in a moment about how we have been called to be free. We, anybody, everybody, has been called to be free. And I think it's critical for us in church to remember that the word we're talking about here is for everybody. Not just for the people who know, but for the people who don't know this yet. And it's so easy to chastise or to scorn the people who don't know. They should know better. I can't believe they're doing all those horrible things. They're trying to live in the midst of the sinful nature, and they have not yet discovered 
presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why people live the way they do. And we can't get too uppity about ourselves because there are people who know better, who know the Holy Spirit, who periodically flirt with, shall we say, things to do with the sinful nature. And there are probably two or three in here who say, not me, it's been decades, I'm flawless. Well, God bless you. And we're proud of you. Keep going. But when we read this list, it's rather sobering to us. The word calls us, though, to be free, not to live selfishly, but to actually serve one another in love. I'm going to read this literally in a moment, but I want, I want us to hear it twice. So that we discover what it means to live by the Spirit and not just according to our name or, or where we live or what our political persuasion is. This is the seed for experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 13. I'm jumping right into the middle of a chapter. And the writer says, so, in verse, verse 13, sorry, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And we watch this on our large screen TVs. It's no longer a form of entertainment. It's history of people devouring and destroying each other. It's evident in front of us. So we're going to look here and see that living by the Spirit clearly is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. Verse, verse 16 of chapter 5, reading it a little further. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Oh, it's that easy. Oh, okay, good, thanks. Thanks. So I'll no, no longer have to worry about the sinful nature if I live by the Spirit. That's what the Word says. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, I love this, the Spirit desires what's contrary to the sinful nature. There's a bit of a battle going on here. This isn't just the sinful nature is contrary to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's trying to catch up and try to make things better. No, they are, they are contrary to each other. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. That's a whole additional message. And like, unlike some preachers, I am not going to preach a message in a message today. But that's a fascinating place to research. What I know about this, and what you may have experienced about this, is in being a conflicting relationship between the sinful nature and the Spirit, we know this, that living by the Spirit is an indwelling. It is a continuous filling from God. And the only way to defeat the desire of the sinful nature, that's the only way that that can be defeated, because it is self. Sinful nature causes our self to completely live for itself. Living by the Spirit causes us to say to God, 
you can have me. Take me. I'm yours. And this explains why the Christian life can be so challenging. I don't know if you've ever come across this or if you ever experienced this. But I have uh, worked with people, led people to Christ, discipled people, and I've heard many people say who came out of absolute darkness, not children because they, they didn't quite realize it yet, but adults who'd lived their life 10, 20, 30 years and came to Christ, yay, I'm not going to hell, this is going to be great, and in 10 days come back to me and say, I don't get this because life was a lot easier before I asked Jesus into my life. <laughs> what happened here? Well, see, before you met Jesus, your eyes were blinded. And the Word of God tells us that the God of this world blinds the eyes of people who aren't believers so that they cannot even see this. But when we come to Christ, we realize, oh, there's a contrast here. Wow, the evil one never told me this. Never told me it's all about you. There's another thing, but just keep it to you. The evil one has never done that. But the Spirit of God comes in and says, you know something? When you live for self, you're blinded. When you die to self, your eyes are open and you realize, oh my goodness, there is a battle going on. This is why I have felt like I'm so dominated in my life. This is why people in the world cry out. This is why crime is committed. This is why people hate each other and get on TV and trash each other because the sinful nature is totally at work in their life. As opposed to Jesus who says, uh... Actually, you should bless those who curse you. I think this is a good word for 2021. I think it was a really good word for 2020. I think it's going to be a good word for the rest of our lives. But we get sucked in to this place of the whole trash-talking of the world, and the Holy Spirit says, well, actually, there's a better way. But if you don't, let your heart be captured by the Holy Spirit. This is going to be where you live. This is going to be a frustrating place. You know, I hate to tell you, Sue, up in Washington, I've heard that there are people who have different opinions in Washington, too. I don't know. I could be wrong. I've also heard that there might be some people in government in Washington, maybe, that you might not agree with. I don't, I don't know that for sure. It's possible. I don't think California has the corner on political disarray. I think it exists one or two other places in the world. Just saying. So if you go, I want to be able to be the one who said, told you. Okay? Yeah. Meanwhile, here's what we know. The sinful nature is not in harmony with the fruit of the Spirit. That's why life seems so challenging sometimes. Bummer is, we were born and we came into life with a sinful nature. That's tough for some people. Whoa, didn't God create us? Yes, He did. Well, how come sin won at the beginning? Well, guess what? The Word is also very honest at this point. Sin came into the world through one person. Because of that, we all enter the world in sin. But thanks be to God, righteousness came to the world through one person who can rescue us and deliver us and save us. 
But this is an issue of disharmony. And there's a very clear distinction. Verse 19, here's the distinction. The acts of the sinful nature, look at this, are obvious. <laughs> I love that. There's a list of all these things, but it says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're not hidden like, I didn't know that was a sinful nature thing. They're obvious. And this is a pretty brutal list, but it exists right amongst us. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. If you're not sure what that means, it's just like pleasure on top of pleasure on top of pleasure that becomes pleasurable only for me. And I find myself, I'm never happy unless I'm pleasured. That's the ultimate debauchery. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. Huh. What if we've ever seen dissensions lately in our, in our history? Factions. Wow. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I love just zeroing in on the word and just, just let it speak. I don't need a commentary at this point. I just let the word speak to me and I realize, you're right. It's obvious. Wow, this is, this is amazing. And you know what? It results in no inheritance. I warn you, here it is, at the end of verse 21. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, great. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come to church Sunday morning and be told what's wrong. Well, that's not the end of the message. When we come here, we allow the Spirit to speak to us. We hopefully get into a place like this where we reduce the distractions of the world to increase what God is really trying to say to us. You had, we had, a Holy Spirit moment here this morning already. Already. Not just in the music, but Ruth, when you stood up and you said, I got to say something, that's an, that's an incredible moment to celebrate a healing, but it's just an incredible moment just to stand up and say, I gotta say something. When we talk about the sinful nature and the fruit of the Spirit, the sinful nature was in us to begin with. The fruit of the Spirit came to us through the kindness and the goodness of God. But here comes the conjunction, okay? But, it's a great word, isn't it? Verse 22, yada, 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 but, can I just, can I just say this? I love this word, but, because <laughs> you know what the conjunction is saying to us? It's saying to us, there's a contrast, there's a change, there's a potential, there's a possibility, there's a reality. Sinful nature, but. Keep listening. There is. The old folks way back, my grandparents, referred to it as the remedy of sin. How do you do that? 
But the conjunction, the contrast to the sinful nature, here it is in verse 22, 23. Here's the contrast. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Is this too sugary for anybody? Is it just, is this like, you know, the, the most sugary piece of cheesecake with chocolate on top of it that you've ever had and you feel like your teeth are rotting just as you eat it? This is like sweetie kind of stuff. And you know what? There's a whole lot of people that are missing the opportunity to let the sweetness of the Holy Spirit just infest their lives. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here is a great statement in verse 23. Against such things there is no law. Hmm. So I can't be arrested if in the spirit I love, I can, I can experience joy. There's nothing against the law about that. It's an amazing relationship within these words. They're very dependent on each other. They're very interactive. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the way we transition from the sinful nature to the fruit of the Spirit is a little thing that Paul refers to as crucifying the sinful nature. But the fruit of the Spirit, there's the list. Against such things there is no law. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The way we transition is through an ongoing daily decision. Don't, don't rely on yesterday's decision. Don't rely on the decision you made 18 years ago or 60 years ago. Yeah, I said yes to Jesus 55 years ago and just hang on to it. You don't need to do that. It's new and tender and awesome every morning. If your start of your day is your shower moment, if the start of your day is your coffee moment, if the start of your day is, oh, man, I wish it was Saturday. <laughs> Whatever the start of your day to say, oh, God, new day, next day, brutal memory of yesterday, but today, how do we protect the transition from the sinful nature to life in the spirit? We crucify the sinful nature. God, as I go through this day today, I would love to know who you are. I'd love to hear what you're saying. I'd love to do what you're inspiring to do. And I would love to you to protect me so that I don't revert back to that hopeless, helpless, self-absorbed way of thinking about life. The Apostle Paul, in another part of his writings, talks about this. He says, daily, 2 Corinthians chapter 5-ish. I mean, I may not get the Bible quiz points for that one, but I think it's like chapter 4 and 5. It's where I'm going to land it. Daily we carry about the death of Christ in our body so that the life of Christ can be manifest with us. I love this. Daily. This isn't about, well, I've been going for 14 days. It's... Whew, it's getting tougher, but I'm 
Hopefully I'm going to hang in there. It's like, no. Every day. And if you miss a day, guess what? Just resume. Resume's one of those really cool words in our day, you know? You got your on-demand thing going, oh, I got to leave somewhere. Oh, I wanted to see this. I just come back and just resume. Just pick it up. It's waiting for us. I love the little email prompts I get on my phone, which actually, let me just say this, they drive me nuts, but they're great. On my phone, my email prompts. Did you mean to respond to this thing you sent out five days ago? Yes, I did. Come on. I'll, I'll figure it out. To think that my device becomes my mind, it's so great and it's so annoying at the same time. But it's great. But we have this prompting, this ongoing daily decision opportunity. So here's the big question. How do we crucify the sinful nature? And I'm just going to give you a personal response. By wanting the Holy Spirit. Because when we hear crucify the sinful nature, I don't think I can do that. I, no, this is not what we have to do. How do we do it? We give the Holy Spirit access to our life who defeats the sinful nature on our behalf the way he has been doing it since he was imparted to every one of us personally. When we want the fruit of the Spirit, and as Paul says here, and we keep in step with the Spirit, something happens evidenced by the absence of what we read here in verse 26 conceit provoking and envying each other since we live by the spirit let's keep in step with it and not become these things so before we kind of go into unpacking if you will kindness and, and just as the heart of what, where i feel like I, I want us to learn today i wanted to just give us some quick images of kindness from God's Word to show us this isn't just designed to be an option or something that may work or may not work this is the essence of who God is and when we live by the Spirit the essence of who God is becomes the essence of who we are as human beings thank you God any of us all of us the Word of God always says whoever will come if anyone comes well, not those people of that particular persuasion. Yes, even them. You know, those people, right? You know, you know those people I'm talking about. It's it's the person on your left right now, and the person on your right right now. Yeah, don't go too far with this. It's just just start. Yeah, go ahead, point them out. Oh yeah, you're a close knit church. You know. Oh, we all agree with each other on everything. Okay, yeah. Let me know how that's been working out for us. So here's some images from God's Word about kindness that maybe will help us realize, wow, maybe this really can be a reality in my life. The redeeming of Adam and Eve after the fall. This one kills me. Because if it hadn't been for that moment, God help us, what would he have done? He could do whatever he wanted to do. 
he could have gone, you know what? I was good up to the point of creating all the animals. And you know, they were all created before us. He could have just said, you know, the people thing, why should I bother with these people? Animal kingdom! <laughs> but he redeemed them after their fall. That means he redeemed me. That means he opened the door to redeem every one of us here. Here's another one. Restoring David, the shepherd, the king. Restoring him in response to his disobedience. Rather than saying, David, I'm going to make you an example. You're going to die. You're going to Sheol. There will be no hope for you. But when David cried out and said, oh, God, have mercy on me. God said, thank you very much for reaching out. I will. We flip into the New Testament. Here's another image from God's word of kindness. How about creating an opportunity for the woman at the well that Jesus did? Wow. How about transforming the woman who was caught in adultery instead of making an example out of her? How about forgiving the thief on the cross? Here's what we know. The kindness of God. Nobody earns it, but it is available to us on demand at any moment because kindness, what we learn is kindness in the Holy Spirit transforms people. I want that. I want that big time. What breaks my heart is the people who don't even know they can want it and give it. They think somehow I've got to earn this. Somehow I've got to convince God that I'm a worthy receptacle and maybe in his eternal nature he'll say, okay, tired of you yelling at me, fine. But, but what do we read in the psalm? I waited for the Lord. I cried out to the Lord and he inclined his ear to me. Wow. So we know these things, but I want to affirm them because kindness can kind of be out there. So what kinds of words, what kinds of actions create this spirit of kindness that comes out of what it means to live by the Spirit? There are all these things in this list. As you can tell by now, I'm zeroing in on one word today because I'm only here for one day, and it's 1123. We go to 1230? Is that what we do here? 1230? <laughs> I won't be back here for weeks. What do I care? You know, I just... Wrap it up, and the next person will go, I'm not going to preach that long. That guy was a loser. Yay. What kinds of words and things create this spirit of kindness? I, I want to see, okay, great. Live by the Spirit, and kindness will be happening. What, what do you mean? We know what kindness is. It's, it's gratitude. Being grateful to other people. It's, it's evidenced by encouragement and respect for other people. Stay with me. Kindness is designed to be an outward expression of an inner presence. The whole thing we read here about the list of the fruit of the Spirit is the result of an indwelling inner presence that makes itself known outwardly. I wonder sometimes, what if, what if kindness was the starting point for us instead of having to be convinced if someone deserves it or not? 
I don't know if you've ever been extended kindness and it really blew you away. Debbie and I have this whole thing. When we go to a restaurant, I just get a total kick out of this. I keep telling myself I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating this. But I've done extensive research. So I think it's pretty close. So they come and they refill my cup or my glass or whatever. And I say, thank you. And so often I hear, no problem. That's interesting. No problem. Or, hey, thank you so much. Sure. It's like, you know, when I was growing up, many, many years ago, thank you. You're welcome. It is an exchange of grace. When I say thank you and someone says, you're welcome. It is almost, if you will, a blessing. I've given you something. We may say, well, I deserve a refill. I paid for it. And the thing says free refills. Well, but it's the gesture of kindness that we learn how to be kind by not only expressing kindness, but acknowledging kindness. You know, there is kindness happening in the world. You know, every once in a while, if you watch the newscast, every once in a while, you know, it all starts off with all the stuff, and then at the very end they go, and now for something to encourage you. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'd love for that to happen at the front end of the newscast. It prepared me a lot more for all the stuff I'm going to hear about. But it's good to be reminded there are good, wonderful things happening in the world. What planet are you living on, Steve? I'm living on the planet that desires to live by the Spirit and not by the sinful nature. That's, that's the planet I'm living on. And, and I'm going to go somewhere with this here in a moment. Let's look at some of the outcomes of this kindness. I know this. When kindness comes to us through the Holy Spirit, people discover their personal value. And they discover their identity in Christ. Because it was the kindness of God that extended grace to us. It's what enabled us to say, you are safe. You do love me. You do care about me. But it isn't just about me, me, me. It is about you, you, you in me. God says, here's the trick of how we've been created. It's all there. But it's got to be a result of my will. He gave us this amazing gift of a free will to choose, left or right, up or down, original or extra crispy, whatever. We've got a choice here. And there's a vivid response to that choice when it is for the sinful nature. And there is a vivid response when that choice is for the Holy Spirit. And when we choose the Holy Spirit, here's what I love about it. We don't have to figure it out. Here's the language of God's word. Yield. Surrender. Open. Receive. Do you see a, do you see a pattern here? I don't have to set anything up for what the Holy Spirit's going to do in my life. I just got to go into my heart. Come in. Here's another thing about the outcome. Individuals and groups can actually experience harmony through the kindness of the Holy Spirit. Yes, they can. 
a bunch of people got into an upper room and waited a few days. There's no way in the world that those 120 plus people in the early part of Acts that got into that room were all wearing the same jersey. No way in the world. No way in the world that they were all born in the same hospital, in the same town, and went to the same elementary school together. Raw, raw, here we go. It was a collection of people, many backgrounds, in many places. Even in this room, as I said earlier, the generations that are represented in this room, the stories that we have, the places from which we have come, the people who have influenced us. There's a lot of diversity just in who we are here. But an outcome of kindness brings us to a place where this morning we stood and we sang. And we'll probably be kind to each other when the service ends. Because that's what happens when you're in a place where the Spirit of God is given freedom. You know, there used to be this thing uh, way back in the day. I don't know why I'm going way back in the day today, but this is really just like, this be something I ate yesterday. In a higher church, and even in just the middle range church, a service always began with a prelude. Some of you remember that day? It was like a musical thing. So the video we watched this morning was the prelude. So it's not gone. It's just been enriched. It's creative. But then there was this moment, and it was called the invocation. <laughs> oh, God, we invoke your presence. I just remember as a kid, I would just say, I don't know what that is. When are we going to sing? But the invoking was to say, God, we've gathered. We're here primarily for one purpose. And we would love for you to do whatever you want to do in this place today. Now, I know some people go, whoa, not whatever he wants to do. Just, I just came to church. I didn't come to be changed. So if he wants to be here and do things, that's fine. But stay away from row two, seat one. Okay? But when we invoke the presence of God, it allows him access to whoever and to whatever. And let me tell you something, according to the Word of God, that's one of the greatest things we could ever do because the sinful nature, when it is invoked, we become trapped, we become limited, we're destroyed. Another thing about the outcome of kindness, it's the only thing we can engage in that will defeat the sinful nature. Nothing else will defeat the sinful nature. And so, when we see the demonstration of evil, when we see the demonstration of anger, when we see the demonstration of sinful nature out in the world, we pray for it. But the prayer is not, Oh God, you see those people, you see that thing that's happening, dash them to the ground. That's how things were taken care of in the Old Testament. And it was there for a reason. But in the day that transcends how the law resolved everything, now the Spirit resolves things and we say, Oh God, we pray you would deliver those people from the selfishness of their lives and raise them to the place of the presence of your Holy Spirit. There were a couple of, in the Church of the Nazarene, every four years we have what we call a general assembly. And it's people from probably about a hundred world areas get there. 
Not everybody can come because they can't get out of their countries. But we have this gathering, and not too many years ago, it was in Indianapolis. I don't remember which year it was, uh, you know. But it was at a critical time when the country of Iraq was in the news, and all we knew about Iraq was bad place, bad people, blow them off the face of the planet. Amen. <laughs> and they brought about three people into that arena that day. So, I don't know if I should say this because you're live streaming. I love watching church and people say stuff like that, so I'm just going to say it. It was in a state that typically, I would think, would not be real excited about welcoming these people. Let's leave it at that. But they introduced these people and they welcomed them on the big screen. Something to the effect of the church in Iraq. I remember standing there thinking to myself, that is about the most unlikely headline I could have ever imagined. What the church in Iraq and these two or three people were there underground Christians could not be identified nothing it was a statement of the church that when you allow the Spirit of God to be the Spirit of God that which appears to be sinful in nature is overcome and no longer has the domination that we think it typically has and all I can tell you is the room went crazy I think it was a Sunday morning I don't recall for sure I have a picture of it but the expression of the room was praise not that yeah we showed them but it was yes the Spirit of God can reside and explode anywhere in the world if you got a few obedient people who say come come Holy Spirit be in this place I will always Remember that image. I want to say this in contrast to the outcome of kindness. Because the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. Sometimes we tend, some do, or attempt to justify unkindness. This whole message on kindness is kind of starting to annoy me. Sometimes you just have to take care of things, Steve. Totally agree. You know, because God brought a flood on the earth. Okay, great. He did. And what did he say when he got done? Woo, hope I don't ever have to do that again. Because the cleanup alone was just horrible. But typically, what does God do? What God does is he does whatever he can do to reveal himself to who we are. And I want to be here today to wake up some spirit and some attitude that just doesn't get it because people tend to reside in their own little small little box because they've figured God out but the reality is we tend to justify unkindness sometimes when we're offended why would I forgive the person who offended me here's another one we become offensive and feel like we're justified because we've 
been wronged and we don't agree. And so what do we do? Lash out. I don't like how you did this. I don't like how they said that. So what am I going to do? Instead of bless and pray and seek understanding, I'll just lash out. I'll just blow you away. We watch this. Now when I say we today, I'm not saying we, the building on mother load. Your condition may vary. It may apply. But the tendency of those who know better, there is a tendency to justify unkindness because my rights have been violated, my perspective has not been received, or I just flat out don't agree what's going on. So instead of continuing to be kind, I'll just push away. I'll resist. I don't like this. I don't agree with it. This is not being in step with the Spirit. When I don't understand, when I don't agree, when I've been offended, be honest with God. God, I'm offended by this. God, I'm irritated by this. God, I don't like this. I don't like that person. I don't like what anybody's doing around me. So God... Deliver me from this spirit. Deliver me from this place of the sinful nature that is so self-consuming, so self-driven. Deliver me into the fruit of the spirit. And here's the key now about the fruit of the spirit. Because we can look at this and start to think, so these are all qualities and conditions of life that I'm going to express and that I'm going to achieve. Woo! The sinful nature is a lot easier because you don't even have to think to do those things. But the reality is the Holy Spirit plays a role in living in the Spirit. So the question is, what role does the Holy Spirit play in uniting us with kindness? Here's what I know according to the Word. The Spirit teaches us to desire what is contrary to the sinful nature. We just read it. These are in conflict with each other. So God, teach me. Teach me how to live beyond just the, I'm wrestling every day. Sinful nature, life in the Spirit. Sinful nature, life in the Spirit. Teach me, Holy Spirit, to desire what is contrary to the sinful nature. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is it teaches us to want to honor God in how I treat people, how I speak of people, how I think of other people. It teaches us to just plain, simply say, I don't want to be unkind. Period. I don't want to be unkind. It's a radical place to live in. But the natural default is lash out, respond. I'll write my letter. I'll send a text. I won't talk to your face, but I'll get the message to you some way so I can really say what I want without really having to deal with the issue. And that's my ouch statement, how so often we don't really confront the issue, we just lash out. I, I wonder... I wonder if we're even willing sometimes, here let me do this, I wonder if you're even willing sometimes, Steve, <laughs> to be told that we're being unkind. I, w I wonder if we're willing for someone to tell us that. I wonder if I'm willing for someone to tell me, you know what, Steve, you should snap out of it. Well, I've been married to someone for 36 years. It's we're married for better or for worse, rich or poor, sickness and health, kind and unkind. Confrontation, I don't think that was in our vows. I don't think we're supposed to confront each other. Because it's not in the, it wasn't in the, uh, I watched the video, it's not in there. 
But the reality is, one of the ways the Holy Spirit unites us to kindness is being given access to remind us, um, you know what? You're kind of being unkind right now. You're kind of being impatient. We were just listening to it just when we got off the freeway today. The guy on the radio is making the comment. You ever notice how sometimes a person comes to mind and you're not really sure where that came from and you're wondering, oh, I hadn't thought about Steve in such a long time and maybe it's the Spirit of God saying, hey, you have no idea what Steve may be going through. How about you just encourage Steve today? Hey, Steve, not sure why, just praying for you. Hope you're having a great day. Hope this encourages your spirit. We never know, but the Holy Spirit has a critical role in uniting us with kindness. So how do we establish the authority, and this is where I'll wrap it up. How do we establish the authority of kindness in our lives? It's this conflict with the sinful nature. Got it. It's accessible to us. Get it. But how do we establish the authority, not just the presence, but the authority of kindness in our lives? This isn't, I'm not going down the road now to say, so we should all become like Gandhi and Mother Teresa, shall we pray? But something's going on in people like that that's not a bad place to start. <laughs> I went to church Sunday and this guy's up there telling us that Gandhi is the guy that we should give our hearts and lives to. That's not what I'm saying. You just, just wash that out of your head. Mother Teresa is pretty close. My favorite quote of Mother Teresa, and it is a quote, a person said to her, rabbit trail, right? Pastors, preachers never do that. A person asked Mother Teresa, who is Jesus to you? And Mother Teresa said, Jesus is my lover, my friend, and my spouse. I love that statement. A woman who took a vow of celibacy refers to Jesus as her spouse. She's married all that Jesus is. Now I think we're getting somewhere to what it means to establish the authority of kindness in our life. It starts with placing a high value on kindness. It's so easy to be dismissive about kindness. Well, you know, if I have to be kind, but you should just, you know, you should just do it because you should do it. But we place a high value on kindness. It goes incredible distances. I, I wonder, maybe it helps us because I ask myself this question periodically. Do I even value God's kindness to me? So since I'm the one preaching, I'll ask you. Do, do you actually value the kindness of God towards you? Because you know it influences how we are. I mean, I'm getting older. And I'm starting to understand why it gets easier to get a little grumpy. Because I've been around a long time. And I don't know what happens there. I don't know if my DNA changed. Because, you know, the rest of my life I've been so sweet and understanding. <laughs> but apparently age has something to do with this. And I ask myself the question, do, do I really value God's kindness? And it humbles me and I realize, yes, I do. What am I thinking about reverting to anything but kindness towards other people. Another way we establish it is we understand that unkindness is always prompted by the sinful nature. 
Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to burn and go to hell because we're unkind today, but it's a step in a wrong direction. It's prompted by sinful nature to be unkind. I just read this. It says they're contrary to each other. So kindness, Holy Spirit. Unkindness, sinful nature. Any questions? <laughs> I love the fact that the Word of God tells us yes or no, right or left, in or out, up or down, righteous or unrighteous. Here's another way we establish the authority of kindness in our lives. We understand that kindness is always prompted by the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's the fruit of the Spirit, okay, in me, not my creation. So we look at fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Me, 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 me. I am so close. No, this is the Holy Spirit. And I am allowing the Holy Spirit to live in me. And I was patient in a situation where I haven't been patient in weeks. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit saying, Thank you very much for giving me your mouth, your eyes, your hands, your feet, and whatever else, because I will nurture that fruit in you. Isn't that amazing that God would do that through us? It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the fact that I have made a lot of good choices, and I have gone to church, and I have given, and I, 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 I. Too many first-person singular pronouns often cause us to be completely distracted by the fact that it is him. It is he. What did the psalmist say? It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. And I really feel like we've got to come to the place where we refute the sinful nature and what I mean by refute is to say to the sinful nature, I mean, create the list and all of its variables, create the list and to refute it means to say to the, to the sinful nature, leave me alone. Now there's a phrase I think we're all comfortable with. Stop it. <laughs> Guy's driving me nuts. He needs to wrap up this message. You know what happens when we say to the sinful nature, leave me alone in the name of Jesus Christ? I don't know what all happens, but I know what can happen. I feel like the Spirit says, thank you very much. I'm in agreement with you. Let's go. But that's only half the work. We've also got to come to the place where we humble ourselves so that we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit and not empowered by by the life that we have established for ourselves as good Christian people. So, how do we pray? Father, we pray today that according to your word and the truth that you have for us, we can all pray this today. Teach me. Teach me what you mean by this distinction of the sinful nature, and teach me what is meant by the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And then we pray, Father, I want my life to be emptied of the sinful nature as often as I need to do that so that you can have room to fill me with who you are. And we also pray, Father, by your Spirit, as you promised, you would overcome the evil one that is at work in us, in our lives, and that you would empower us to say yes to you. Not empower us to do this in and of ourselves, but to empower us to say yes to you and leave me alone to the sinful nature. I want to thank you today that because this is in the Word of God today, and we've read it, and it's the truth, it's possible, and it can be a reality in our lives. And I also want to pray today, Father, for people in the world who are demonstrating the sinful nature all around us. And I want to pray you would protect us from fighting sinful nature with the sinful nature. But instead, you would rescue us, Father, to live dependent on you, faithful to you, so that the fruit of the Spirit in whatever way, shape, or form could enable us not only to stand strong, but to be that witness, to be that presence in this world that will draw people to you. You asked us to be your witnesses, and you told us you would empower us to do so. And I believe, not only for us as individuals, but for this church, in doing so, we can see the next wonderful day in a story of what you want to do in our lives and through this ministry. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.